everybody. My name is Richard. This is the very first podcast I've ever done, and this is for the four T's and the church. It is four ways to help someone who struggles with homosexuality, and I'm here with my friend Stephen Campos and Jeremy Driggs, and we're going to have an icebreaker, and this is Jeremy's idea. So go go for it, Jeremy. Okay, just so you know, we're all humans, and as we know, humans poop their pants. So uh, we're just going to tell a story of the last time that you pooped your pants, or the last time you're remembering pooping your pants. So yeah, Richard, take it away. Again, this is just an icebreaker because it's yeah. we. This is our first time doing this. See, my my first time, I uh, I was five years old, and I was I remember I was in Sunday school, and all I can remember was. All I can remember now is that I felt uncomfortable. Something was in my pants, and it was almost like something was um, like crunchy. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. that's all I can remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was basically it. And my mom picked me up, and I cried, and I told her. Did you have peanuts? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. That was my first time. All right, my name's Steven uh, Campos. I'll probably go by Campos for most of the yeah. podcasts. Um uh, the last time I pooped my pants was uh, driving home from um, uh, a meeting with my boss at his house. <laughs> I had cheese for lunch, and I'm lactose intolerant, and then I had dinner at his house on the way home. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that was like four months ago. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh I, I put myself driving home from a, a meeting where I got hired. So. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, was it a like, messy one? Yeah, I, got everywhere. <laughs> I had to go get the car detail. Uh, yeah, it was, it was bad. You had to get it detailed. Yeah, it was it was everywhere. Did, has anyone heard like, about? Has I, anyone heard that? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. So, so like two people. But wow. Was, Dang. Good yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Jeremy. Uh, the last time it was really s- substantial was when I was in seventh grade. It was right after Christmas, and the day after Christmas we went out to this restaurant, and I wore my new Christmas jeans, and so I was feeling pretty confident, and <laughs> ate some food, and came home and got stomach poisoning. Uh, food poisoning from the food and so I just started throwing up a lot and then I thought it had passed after throwing up a number of times and I was like oh what a relief I'm just gonna let out a little gas I think <laughs> and then it just it really just honestly it broke the seal like a cork came out of my butt and it just so you just, sharded but then yeah, everything else yeah, flew out yeah but it just flooded my <laughs> it just filled my new jeans my dad my dad my stepdad who was only married to my mom for like a year at that point had to clean my like Infested legs, and he threw out my he threw out my new Christmas jeans, which was disappointing. So that was uh, for, that was the last time. Maybe the next icebreaker will be uh, toilet seat covers. Oh yeah, that's a good That'll question. Be a good yeah, good topic. Maybe we can do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that was our icebreaker. <laughs> that was really fast. <laughs> yeah. I like, uh, I like it. Well, so yeah, uh, this podcast is about the four T's. How the church could practically love those who struggle with um, same-sex attraction or or however I should say this because I don't know how to say this anymore. There's so many different terms. Uh, Jeremy and Campos are both straight guys. What are the four T's? The four T's are um, touch, time, transparency, and teamwork. And the reason why I guess they're the four T's is um, I think those are four words that are very easy to remember. And are very simple to simple to comprehend, or yeah, just simple terms that that actually uh, mean a lot to someone who does struggle with homosexuality. So, example, touch, touch, just as a human touches, as humans, touch is very important to our lives. A lot of research shows that at least in America, we lack touch every day. We we barely touch each other. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, yeah. Uh, so I say uh, touch goes a long way in meeting the needs of anybody, not even someone who struggles with this, but every human needs touch. If you're a baby and you don't get touch, you could literally die from that. If you're married, I'm pretty sure you married folks out there know how important touch is. And I argue that someone who struggles with this lacks touch in their life. And yeah, well, I'm going to get into touch in the next podcast when we actually talk about the four T's. Um, this is just more an introduction. I would even argue that some people who lack touch kind of over-touch themselves. So that mm-hmm. seems to be... Another topic. Yeah, be- yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, time, as uh, yeah, so touch, there's touch, there's time. We go into time. Time's a big deal, especially as Americans, again, because we're very busy people and we feel like when we hang out with others or our girlfriend or something, we feel valued. Transparency, there is uh, spiritual transparency, emotional transparency, and physical transparency. And I talk about how transparency is also a big part of um, being connected to other humans, especially being a Christian. We need to be connected to the church and transparency is one way to do that. And then I say team, all this needs to be done in the context of teamwork. Uh, teamwork is, is very important and community. If, if you depend on one person, that could be very unhealthy. And I would argue that a lot of marriages, I think, fail because of that, because they're depending on just one person, their spouse, and they put all the weight of themselves on another person. And that's just not a healthy relationship. So that's the four T's. And I, what I want the podcast to be about is hearing someone like me who struggles with this dialoguing with straight men because uh, we just have different experiences when it comes to experiencing intimacy with each other. Um, They have different thoughts about intimacy than I do and I want people to sort of hear the conversations that I have with multiple straight guys. Well we're gonna jump into the next thing. Who is who is Stephen Campos and who is Jeremy Driggs? Um, I'll do a real quick introduction. I met Jeremy at a Biola ministry retreat it was for yeah he was i'm trying to remember he i just remember he had glasses on and he had all his uh he's a bible major so he had all his like study books there and i just remember thinking like this guy's super serious and he's not gonna want to i don't mess around as much or something like that little did i know he was a completely different person than what i thought he was um do you want to say anything that well that was the first impression you gave me yeah if i remember correctly that retreat i I probably only brought my books because I hadn't done homework for the last three weeks. So <laughs> it all kind of landed on the weekend of the retreat, so that's probably why. It made you look need. cool. Yeah, so it felt the need to bring the books. Yeah. The books were just for show because I ended up just hanging out and having a good time that weekend, as far as I remember. So I don't think I did much homework anyways, oh. but I think I impressed people. We didn't hang out then because I don't remember hanging out with you. Oh, yeah, I hung out with the other people. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, when I first met Jeremy... Uh, I was attracted to him, and that was a pretty, pretty, pretty big deal. Um, but I didn't become friends with him until like, was it a year later? Yeah, after I graduated. I met you before you graduated, though, a little bit. Maybe that was maybe that was my senior year, second semester when we played disc golf together. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, we get that. That's, oh okay. Yeah, yeah we we'll get it. Well, yeah. So I, my first impression that was my first time meeting Jeremy, and. Um, yeah, I was attracted to him, but I didn't think we'll become friends, and he was just a guy that went there for the weekend. And then now, we'll talk about Stephen Campbell's. He, I met him when I went to go watch a soccer game at a friend's house, and he was there, and he was just one of those guys that I didn't think I'll meet again. You know, that happens a lot. Like, you introduce yourself, you act nice, but you don't really care about meeting them. Um, and then... That's it, fair. Yeah, and then a year <laughs> later... I would say we started working, we started doing a valet gig together 
and when you do valet, you're you're at a shift for like six hours with the same people, and so eventually you just end up talking to each other. It's a good time. Yeah. So, uh, Campos is uh, he played soccer for Biola, and he was also a part of a group of guys that I started observing because they were really good friends, and I started wanted to understand the dynamic of uh, a team and how males interact with each other, especially a athletic sport because it's a very um, hyper-masculine environment, I would say. It doesn't mean they're masculine. It just means they're trying to be or whatever. Um, so it's just interesting to see males interact with each other. And So that's Steven Campos and Jeremy Driggs. They're going to hopefully in the future be podcasting with me randomly. Yeah, so any, you guys want to add anything to that? Want to hear a little about who's Richard? Yeah, so again, my name's, well, yeah, my name's Richard. I grew up Christian, and I have, I have since I could remember, I've been attracted to other other boys. I actually remember, I was like, probably like six or seven. I just remember thinking, looking at this one kid, and thinking like, that guy, that guy is cute. That's the word. And I remember saying that. I went through, yeah, so I'm, I would just leave it at that. So since I was a kid, I just remember being attracted to, to other boys, but I didn't, Interesting, I didn't know what sex was until I was 12 years old. And so I find my life a little interesting because I, I was just, since I could remember it, uh, attracted to to men, I guess, or to the male. And even recently I've had to try to figure what does it mean to be attracted to the male? Because I think there's a difference between attraction and lust, which we'll, I'll get into another time. But since I was a kid, I just always thought men are attractive. Grew up Christian, I was a, a really good Bible Sunday Bible school kid. I got all the stars. I memorized all the verses. I was just your typical Christian kid. Um, and I knew, and then by the time I was 12, 13, I, I knew I struggled with homosexuality. I understood what that meant. And I understood that I was still a Christian and I was still saved. But I was also trying to figure out what does it mean to struggle with this? I, I treated myself like every other sinner. I knew I was just a sinner. My sin wasn't any any less. It wasn't more evil than other sins. Um, yeah, that's just, and I came to Biola. When I came to Biola, uh, my world flipped upside down a couple of times. And I was grateful for Biola because I was able to start studying a lot of psychology and, and trying to figure out more about myself and what it means to be attracted to other men. Yeah, I'm trying, I don't know if this is clear or not. Does this make sense? No, it does. Okay. Well, that's all I got for right now. My, the very first, I want to talk about the very first time I actually told someone um, that I was, I was struggling with homosexuality. That was the term I used a lot when I was 16, 17. And I told a, a, another friend of mine who I was also attracted to. And I remember it was in my room at night and I just shared with him, hey, like I struggled with homosexuality. And when you're, when you're 16 or 17, that's a really big deal. Like my, I remember my heart was beating fast. I, I was really afraid of what is this guy going to think of me? He was two years older than me. And it was actually a really good experience. He... After that, he shared with me about his life. Yeah, that was the first time I, I ever told someone. So I, I, I encourage anyone that's listening to this, if you struggle with homosexuality, please talk to a buddy about it. It, it would be really scary. And I would say talk to someone who you trust. And as we go on, it'll, we'll unpack a little bit more about each of our lives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so this is just... If you feel like you're missing out on details... Just this is a bunch of introduction stuff. So that's who, I'm, that's who I am. I'm very passionate, though, about um, the church loving those who struggle with homosexuality, and that's why I want to do this. I want to sort of start a conversation on how can we practically meet the needs of those who struggle with this. So this is what the podcast will be about. And that's sort of what the four T's will be about, is how can you actually get into the life of someone... Who's a, who is attracted to the same sex. They might even be attracted to you 
Um, and how can you actually navigate that with them and love them well and provide the intimacy that they need, the godly, healthy intimacy that they need? Let's see. Campbell, uh, we'll start with you, Campbell. So, oh, and here's my friend Tank. <coughs> Yeah, well, Tank, come on in. Yeah, Welcome. another friend's here right now. His name's Tank. Um, Stephen Tankuri. Yeah, should Tankuri. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Well, what is, well, okay, we have. That's fine. Let's see. Well, okay, yeah. Well, we're gonna continue still. Um, Campos, who, I guess, who was the very first? Or where can we start? Let's see. What did you first think about those who were, I guess, gay or this the whole this whole topic in general? What was your your overall idea before you met me? Well, I think just like uh, with everything else in life, like once you experience it a little bit, you get a little bit of a taste of, of things. And that happened to me uh, when I was about 14, 15. I played on a soccer team. Um, one of my teammates asked me to, he's like, hey, can you, can, I come, can you talk to me real quick? I need to tell you something. And I was like, sure, what's up? No idea what was going on. You know, he's like, he just said, hey, man, uh, I just want to tell you that, that I'm gay. And I thought, I don't know why you're telling me this. I don't, I don't know how I can help you. Uh, but okay, you know, that's what initially what I thought, but I said, oh, okay, man, like, you know, um, it's actually a really awkward interaction there because I didn't know how to respond to him. I wasn't really close to him. I felt like it was a person who just kind of threw this on me. Um, so wait, what, what did you, well, let's reenact that really quick. So he just says, hey, um, I know you've probably seen that I'm a little bit more feminine and stuff and that I kind of talk a certain way and all that, but yeah, if, if you're wondering, yes, I'm gay. And I said, oh, I didn't think anything of it when I was lying. I mean, like, he walked a little funny. He just talked a little funny, you know? And I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but there were things you could say, like, oh, yeah, I could see I could see him being gay. Okay. Same, homosexual, whatever title fits your yeah. life or whatever. So uh, that was pretty much my first experience with that, but uh, switched club team, so I didn't really, didn't really stay good friends with him. But even after that, we... Everyone on the team just treated him the same. We talked about it, but didn't really, nothing really changed as far as that. And it was, mm -hmm. I think we were 14, 15, so we were still, we were immature, so we talked about it behind his back probably, but we never treated him any differently and all that. So I think that's cool looking back. But um, as far as my perspective on like uh, the homosexual community and all that stuff, I, I guess I have this, I, had, I used to have at least this perspective when I first started getting into it that, and I think I've told you this, Richard, a bunch of times that, it's almost like I have this image of them being like vampires, but not the vampires of like the 80s and like 70s where like they have like the fangs and all that stuff or they're like the cape and all that. But I think of it more like the, the vampires from like Twilight where they're just going to hunt people, you know? Uh -huh. And they're just like, they're hunting like a penis. Like a man is hunting another penis. Yeah. And I have this picture of like, uh, what's his name? Edward from Twilight or whatever. Yeah. Just like walking down and just like trying to grab my penis. They're just like hunting. Yeah. But, and, that, and that's what they need. It's like, I need blood. Like a vampire needs blood. Like the homosexual needs a penis. My, my penis. Yeah. Where do you, where do you think that came from? Um, I don't know. I think maybe like in movies and stuff or just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, maybe just through conversations or something. I eventually built up this. But you idea have this idea head. that if they have the chance, they're going to, yeah, they're going to get me. Yeah. It's almost like I'm being chased by them. That's it. And I was afraid of being like, oh, he's checking me out. Oh, he's looking at me. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. So I felt kind of like afraid. I was almost afraid of them. Mm -hmm. And of them, I mean like people, homosexual people, just because. Christian I or not? Christian or not? Christian or non-Christian, just homosexual. I just, you know, if, when you don't understand something, you, you automatically classify it as wrong and they're weird and they're like these mm -hmm. weird people who do this weird thing. Um, 
So yeah, that was pretty much my first. Uh, yeah, remember, I, I I always think it's funny when we went camping, when we did the the trip and you slept uh, on the same bed yeah. as me, and you're all proud of yourself for sleeping on the same bed. <laughs> I did share a bed with Richard, and I survived. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Attack he did me. attack me. Yeah, I, what I do remember is that Campos, uh, he moves a lot, and he kept moving to my side. I remember that, and I was yeah. like, this guy doesn't know how to stay on his side of the bed. Yeah, I didn't know if to face him or not to face him. I didn't know <laughs> which was worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm alive today, so. Yeah, you, you made it. So Live this uh, little story. Jeremy, what yeah. about you? What was your impression of those who said they were gay or struggle with this? Or... Also, I actually want to add this. Uh, people, I guess people's, because uh, you, you wanted to be a pastor growing up, right? Or when you were, right when you came to Biola. When you're when, when you're I was seventeen, yeah. So 16. you so you sort of had a different. Uh, I'm trying to add something. I just don't know what I'm trying to add. I just think you, your worldview coming into this idea. Yeah. Well, I'll introduce myself. Okay, a yeah. more. go for it. So, I grew up wanting to do psychology for several years, and then something switched when I was in high school. Felt like oh, I need to go into ministry, and so I ended up at at Biola and studying theology at Biola and like really thinking that like, this place was going to train me to be in ministry, to be working in the church. And um, I didn't really have any interactions with like people who struggle with same-sex attraction, at least in the explicit sense. Like nobody came up to me and said, hey, I struggle with this. There were certainly like people at our school and I was a part of the crowd that like that wasn't super mean to them, but definitely was going to continue to like pass the gossip around and wasn't going to be explicitly rude because I didn't think that was cool, but I wasn't also going to stop anybody from spreading stories and rumors and stuff like that. So that was really my only, only experience, uh, with, with people up till, up until I met Richard when I was a, when I was a senior. Wait, well, before we get there, what's your, what was your impression of those who were gay or what was your idea of, of, I guess, gay people? Yeah. Um, did you feel the same way as Campbell's did? You just felt like they were going to try to go after you? Yeah, chase my wiener down? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so there's there's two, there's like two factors, I think. One, I didn't grow up with a dad around as much until my mom remarried, but then there's still having a stepdad. He's a great man, but it was just, there's still some sort of yeah. missing link without having your biological around, the biological dad around. And so that that made me ask the question, like, am I gay? Because it seems like most most gay men, like, struggle with, with homosexuality because their dad somehow. Oh, yeah, there's that, the, yeah. Daddy, so issue. I asked, Daddy issue. Yeah, so yeah. I asked that question a lot of myself. Like, am I, am I not? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I really am gay. Like, I don't like, like, staring at men. But, like, I, I, it seems like I, my life fits the bill. So I was already asking that, oh, that question growing up with my. Were you looking at? their penises and stuff too? no i never had like walking down the street wanting like a, in a vampire sense <laughs> so I, I guess i didn't but but no i so there is uh that factor and then um what was the other thing oh also like also also growing up feeling sort of insecure like about myself and my worth and all that i like i loved affirmation and so there there's definitely people in my life that were that struggled with homosexuality that never made it explicit to me that I felt like were attracted to me but it like it was honestly like flattering like it boosted my self-esteem more than it more than it made me uncomfortable because I was just someone looking for 
affirmation. So I think I think that was my experience before meeting Richard. That like, yeah, like, I think I might be gay, but like also I don't think I am, but I do appreciate attention because that's just what I think I need. And so people that gave me attention, I was I was glad to have it to a certain extent. Unless, oh, wow. yeah, unless you're in a situation like when you're valeting a car and a customer comes out to pick up their car and ask you for a lighter and they happen to be probably gay and you light their cigarette and then they come up real close to your face like they're going to give you a thank you kiss. Then in that case, that's too flattering. Yeah, that let's just explain that story. One time, we're, we're, Jeremy and I were doing valet together and some guy came out for a cigarette and he was gay and Jeremy right away was just like, oh, I, or he asked for a lighter. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy like jumped up and was just excited to offer his lighter to someone. And it was funny because I knew this guy was gay. Which is not an analogy. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. So I, I knew yeah. this guy was gay. <laughs> Literal lighter. And, uh, <laughs> and the guy, was, so the, Jeremy put his lighter out and the flame went on and the guy got his cigarette and got super close to Jeremy, like his, to his face. And I just see, I saw Jeremy, this guy who's, Jeremy who's, doesn't care about being awkward or whatever, but he became the most awkward person I've ever seen. And he yeah. like, his, it seemed like you clinched your butt cheeks like, and everything. You were just like, definitely clenched. Yeah, and it was so funny to see Jeremy just freeze up. I've never seen that before. That was hilarious. Yeah. And I was just laughing and he was all afraid because he didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, we'll just introduce, introduce Tank really quick. Um, I, let's see. Tank, I met Tank because I wanted to work at a summer camp and I emailed someone from Mount Hermon and they said there's uh, people who work at Mount Hermon that go to people who worked at Mount Hermon who went to Biola. So I, I met up with Tank, um, talked to him about it. They didn't have a job opening, so I was bummed out. And then, like, two weeks before I was going to graduate, I remember Tink said something on his Facebook saying there's a job opening. I was, just, I was just like, I need to get that job. And then... Um, we met up. Yeah, we, no, no. Yeah. Then I got the job. Oh, yeah. Oh, was this after you met, we met up and talked by the fireplace? Yeah, because okay. when, when I met up with you, they weren't hiring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. And then... I remember, yeah, two weeks before I graduated, I got the job to work at Mount Hermon, and, and so it was really ran- It was really random and interesting. Are we missing anything with Tank? Uh, just his perspective on... Oh, yeah, so what is your... Okay, so I, yeah, we- I should host this. <laughs> sure, yeah. As for my perspective of gay people, I think it was definitely shaped early by the first two. Um, the very fun one at my school and also my friend. Um, and so I didn't really have too much of an opinion on homosexuality. I always... I. I was very like I agreed that you know it was against God's will and it was a sin and but I was never really forced to confront how I really felt about it mm-hmm. I guess um, until I met you and I think that was but I think you're not really asking for that right now no yeah yeah um, so I think my perspective on homosexuality was I was very much a believer that it was a, it was a choice you know like okay uh, I was ne- I never experienced anyone who had convinced me otherwise that you know that it was circumstances that caused them to be like this, but that they just decided or chose to be this way. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my perspective. On oh, okay. So you you thought people were like, oh, I want, I'm gonna be gay. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I okay. think for the most part, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. But like I said, I was also never really forced to deal with those thoughts or confronted because even though it was kind of beginning that transition into when you know prop eight stuff was happening, like. I would, like, we never, like, church never talked about it. Like, mm-hmm. I never talked about it. my family, like, my friends. Like, yeah, yeah. it just wasn't really something that you talked about, you know? So, and that's changing a lot now. Yeah, and it's surprisingly a lot of men, and this is actually discouraging to me, a lot of men still haven't met 
men who struggle with this Absolutely, are taught, yeah. like, which I'm just amazed at. I, I, I had this idea. Everyone was meeting people now, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, people still don't talk about even the very details of this. Like, what does it mean to have a, a friend who is yeah. gay or struggles with this? Right. Yeah. So, well, thanks for sharing. If I could just add one uh-huh. brief comment. Um, I think throughout the podcast, there'll be some times where we're pretty light on humor and stuff like that. And I think for the listeners, it's important to know that, uh, we're Richard, at least, um, in our friendship, he's comfortable enough to, like, I, I mean, I think back in the joke of, like, should I face him or should I not face him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stuff like that. I don't, we the, don't, I feel very safe. I just, yeah, well, well, we'll get to that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. so these three guys, um, two of the guys I have talked to them about, there is, uh, attraction to them. I feel awkward right now. Uh, to Tank and Jeremy, I, I find, I'm attracted to them. Campos didn't make the cut. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah, but he brown, had he, brown on brown. That's a, that's a different, <laughs> no, well, a different podcast. We're no, gonna start. And actually, <laughs> no, that's a really big deal um, because I, I we're gonna talk about attraction because there is some child development issues that took place in my life to which I'm attracted to white men. Um, Tank doesn't look too white, but. <laughs> Yeah, one of the halfsies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanks a half breed, but um. So, anyways, uh, two of these guys I'm attracted to. The other person I'm not, but I, <laughs> I've been, <laughs> no, I've been able to. Be, uh, I'm I'm growing in my friendships with them. Um, and so now what I want to talk about is what what was their and this will be the last thing we're going to talk about. What was their experience when they met me? Um, because uh, for those of you who are actually going to meet those who struggle with this. You're going to try to figure out what am I supposed to do? They're talking to me about this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Should I give them a hug? Should I not? I'm sure you guys have a lot of questions. And so these are their experiences when they first met me. And I guess we'll start with Campos again. Actually, no, we're going to go in order. We'll start with Jeremy because um, I met Campos and Tink later on. So with Jeremy, I, I became friends with him right during a time of a, a very dark time in my life. And it was a little confusing because I was attracted to him. I knew at this by the time I met Jeremy, a lot of my thoughts about what it means to get help from the church were already formed. But now the the issue I had was was Jeremy willing to get involved in my life? And so, what was your first thought? Yeah, when I told I don't remember even when I told you. Oh, disc golf. Yeah, that was awkward. well here. It yeah. was awkward. Was it? Uh, well, one. Just, sure. Oh yeah. Well, share it. Go for it. So we're like a, I was a senior at Biola, and I was going on a mission trip, and so like. I was already feeling pretty spiritual and sacrificial, so I was like, "Oh, I should befriend other people, like other people, not not white people." So Richard is Hispanic, so I felt pretty generous in my in the in the way I was giving my time to Richard. Just, <laughs> but we um we were disc golfing and like going about our way, and I think like halfway through, Richard was like, "Oh, by the way, I was like abused when I was growing up." Like I talked about that, like sexually. And wow. I was like, "Oh, right, I'm gonna throw the <laughs> I'm gonna throw the disc now, if that's okay." He's like, "No, I wanted to explain. It was like it was like a, it was rough. It was a bad experience." And I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna throw the disc." <laughs> Trying to like throw the disc and like move on. And uh, yeah, so here, so here, Richard was like, "Oh, like this is a potential friend. I'm gonna like share my story with him." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, we gotta get through this disc golf round ASAP." <laughs> And so, really, yeah. So, oh, wow, so I didn't know we, that. So we like play disc golf, and then Richard continues to like share his story with me a little bit, and I left. I left that that interaction, like like I said, not having met anybody that is, has come to me explicitly and said I struggle with same sex attraction, and so I didn't know what really to do, 
And so I think at that point I was just like, well, that was an awkward round of disc golf. All right. And then, and then that was it. But then Richard is very persistent. So if he's like, when he sets out to do something, he, he I guess I'm like a vampire, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's just chasing <laughs> him down. Yeah. Him down. Well, he's very persistent. And so as, as I graduated and went on this trip and came back and had, I can I think an even more loving perspective of the world. I realized like oh maybe I should give some of the time that I have now after graduating to this guy, and I didn't know what that meant. And well, I remember too, uh, you were because you went on a trip with Jeff Nelson, which right. is Jeff Nelson <laughs> was my roommate at Biola. I love that guy a lot. Um, and so they went on a trip together, and I I heard Jeff, we're almost done. I heard Jeff uh, just talk about how cool Jeremy was, and so I it even fed this idea like I really want to be Jeremy's friend. Um, because Jeff had such a good perspective of who Jeremy was. <laughs> so that's what gave me food for the persistence, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And so we, so it took, it took a, I mean, to actually consider Richard like a friend of mine took quite a bit of time. Like there was a lot of times when after graduating where I would meet Richard and I would hang out and then we would be like wrapping up the evening and then Richard would be like, hey, can you talk for a minute? And I was like, oh, sure. It's like 1030. That's fine. And then, like, next thing you know, it's, like, midnight. And so that happens, like, five or six times in a row. <laughs> hey, can you, like, you have, like, five minutes? And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I have five minutes, because five minutes generally turns into, like, two hours. <laughs> and so all that to say, though, that, like, the fact that I was in a season of life where I had, like, enough time, like, really built, a, like, a solid foundation of a friendship with Richard and I, because we had enough time to, like, share each other's, to share stories with each other and to, like... Do you remember the first time I told you I was attracted to you? Uh, I don't. No. Okay. I don't. I thought I thought you knew. No, I don't. I don't remember. Uh, I think, I think by the time that you well, I think initially, early on, I probably assumed like he might be attracted to me, but I'm like I at that point just said like I just need to trust what he's saying, and what Richard said a lot was like I listen I'm attracted to you, but like. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm like choosing to not act on these things. And I think being your friend is actually going to help with this attraction. And so for me, not knowing anybody like this, I just had to trust what Richard was saying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, I don't know. He might, he might be like being honest and I have to hope that he's being honest. Yeah. He might not, but that's fine. So I was okay with the fact that like initially I didn't know like what this meant and how, how being friends with someone actually helps with his attraction, but. Man, we don't. I don't really remember this stuff. I'm gonna have to revisit some of these. Yeah. And surprisingly, I never made any moves on Jeremy, but Jeremy's made a couple on me. Like what? When when you put your foot on me and stuff like that. I put. Oh yeah. Well, we we. All that to say. All that to say. I've kept my hands to myself most yeah. during our friendship, and Jeremy needs to learn how to do that. <laughs> you, that that really sounds awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And then, I guess that was it then. I flicked his wiener at once and beat <laughs> on his foot one time. If that's right. No, I, both times. I was really yeah. angry at him for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what up? Both at the Korean spa. <laughs> yeah. I, I would highly recommend Beach Spa and Rosecrans. This is a shameless plug. Hold on, okay. We'll talk about that another time. Um, I guess, man, I don't remember telling you that. I know I did. I know there's a first time I just don't remember. Yeah. And all that to say, well, yeah, so that was, I guess, your experience. Yeah. Well, that, the question too was like, how did you feel when you, when, um, I first told you, but. Well, it felt it's like a, awkward. It was. I oh, think oh yeah. The park, was, the park. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that was a good day, man. Yeah. 
But that was just it was just like a lot for for a twenty one year old who didn't know anything about anything. Uh sure. To be like, uh you got abused when you were growing up? I don't know, like one time I pooped my pants. <laughs> I say I guess I could relate. You know? Like I didn't yeah, have yeah, any yeah. framework or anything other than like, wow that sucks. Yeah. Oh interesting. Wow. Yeah. I guess we made it, so Yeah. Mm. That was in two thousand twelve, so wow. okay. maybe. Four I've years. only known you three years. Four years. Four, four years? years? Oh, four years. Almost five. Math's hard, huh? Yeah, well, the years are weird. <laughs> almost five years. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go to Tank. Sorry, dude, we're almost done. Campus is on a time time limit, so we're trying to... Yeah, I got plans later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Tank. He's got a ton of friends. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I remember I told Tank... Oh, so I was going to camp, and during that time, I was... I was literally going to leave all of my friends that were loving me, taking care of me. I was loving them, and... But I really needed to just get away. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, oh, I'm not going to have any... No, but I'm not going to know anybody at this place. And on top of that, I'm going to be the oldest one there, which I was. And you're missing the World Cup, too. And I missed the World Cup. I missed... Yeah, that was... That was a, yeah. Eventually, I knew I needed to tell some people at camp just so I could have some community and talk to them. And I remember I told Tank, driving driving back from his um his house because our friend our friend always got sick at camp for whatever reason he had a bad immune system and so we dropped him off and then we we're driving back to camp and i i was like okay, i'm gonna talk to this guy about it what was your first thoughts yeah that was because i remember it was it was about it was about a 45 minute drive to camp from my house and then we went and we talked for probably a couple yeah, more hours i got him yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I was. I was. I was twenty one when that happened. You know, actually, I might have been twenty. Um, so I was pretty yeah. young. You know, so I. I was in the same boat. I, I was twenty five. Yeah, you're twenty five. Turning twenty five. I was turning twenty five. Okay. I was twenty four. Dang, you were young then. Now you're. Dang, old. that was a long time ago. Yeah, Richard's twenty eight now. So yeah, they're twenty nine. No, you're thirty. No, I'm not. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> take. Um. Yeah, it was the. I remember just sitting there listening and not be also kind of in the same boat, like not really sure what to say or what to do or you know why he was telling me this but I also feel like I I like I, I want to help people you know mm-hmm. and so when you were telling me this and I think you were asking you kept asking me like throughout the time we were talking like hey are you like are you okay like how are you doing and I just be like oh yeah yeah I'm good like this is fine you're but sweating inside, <laughs> have you seen that meme where the dog's like in the room and like everything's on fire and he's just like no this is fine you know? yeah. like, I was kind of like there was a lot I wasn't like freaking out but I was just like dude what am I like, what do I do with this, right? I'm not really sure how to mm-hmm. process this, but I wanted him to feel like I was going to be, I was going to help you and like I was going to be there for you. Okay. And like, I was cool with this. I was like, oh, no, yeah, this is good, you know? Um, so it was definitely like, I wouldn't say it was awkward, but it was like, I don't know if confusing is the right word either. It was just, I, I, was, un, I was unsure what to do with it, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like feel, I was sad like for you that that had happened to you. But it was also weird because it was the first time that I had ever met someone in the church who struggled with same-sex attraction, and I believed without a shadow of doubt that you didn't choose this for mm-hmm. yourself, you know? So mm-hmm. it was definitely, like, the, the time where it kind of tied, yeah. and, and the, the way I viewed homosexuality oh, really okay. started to change. Because you thought at first they chose this, and then hearing... I, I, I wouldn't say, like, I wasn't always like, yeah, it's a choice. Like, but it, love, yeah, it was yeah. just like, man, I'm starting to see, like, a real-life example of someone who's, like, been serious, like, they've gone through so much pain in their life, and it's caused this, and I saw, and I, and I continue to see that throughout our relationship over the next few years, mm-hmm. and how badly you wish that this would just be taken away from you. You didn't want this. Mm-hmm. You, know, you didn't want to be attracted to guys, but it's because of what happened to you, and a lot, a lot because of a lot of different things that we yeah, yeah. discuss. 
Um, so it definitely like it was a confusing, weird, sad, but also really good because I knew like that my perspective towards homosexuals is starting to change, I think, in a good way. You know? yeah, yeah. I'm starting to see a lot more truth about what they struggle with, you know, and how to help them. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember, too, when I first met you, I wasn't – I remember thinking, oh, this guy is a very masculine guy, but I wasn't attracted to you yet. And I think during, throughout that time at camp, depending on you and talking to you about stuff, like attraction started forming. So that's one thing eventually we'll talk about, too, is how attraction's not always there right away. But sometimes as you develop friendships, it, it actually appears. Jeremy, I was attracted to right away. With Tank, it like formed as I became closer to him at camp. And so that was a very interesting time. Um, and then eventually at camp, I actually told a lot of, I remember one night I just told everybody. You might not have been there. We were all in the cabin. It was during uh, that week when we all, when we don't work. Jeremy, week? Yeah. Like week three. So you were told you? early. Oh, was it? Yeah, week three. I We're all in camp. I just told everybody. Or we're all in the camp. They were all in the, the room. And I just like. We're all about to go to bed, and I just told everybody. Like everyone at camp, or was it just like guys? All the guys, all okay, the guys, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'm loudspeaker. Uh, my name is Richard. <laughs> <laughs> the campers were there until all the fourth graders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, and I remember too. And this, okay, we're almost done. We're almost done. I remember too. Uh, I just keep shuffling like my pocket. Well, I get yeah. I remember too at camp. I was afraid to tell people. I know, I know, I needed to, but I was actually afraid to tell people because I didn't know if people were gonna trust me working with kids. Mm-hmm. Which brings up the topic, how are even those who struggle with this treated in the church? Because I was afraid someone was going to see me as a child molester or something like yeah. that. And that's actually a lot of fears that take place in people like me. Um, and I remember too, I was with my, a couple of my, before I got hired, I was using, I was talking to my friends who were going to refer me and they didn't want to talk about this because they were afraid that I wouldn't get hired if they brought that up. Mm. So yeah, anyways, that's a very interesting discussion I think I'll bring up eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, I, I talked to Tank and another person and and then eventually I talked to everybody. Um, but yeah, I really needed a community at that time. And so I shared that with Tank. And I guess, I guess he felt like you were that dog in a fire, in a building on fire. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I just have, to, just have to see that picture. No, it was just, it was just a lot for me to take in. Because I was yeah. very young too. And I'd never experienced anything like this. And uh-huh. so it was just kind of like, like fire hose. Well, know? and this brings up a really, another important topic, like, 18 and 19 year olds have to deal with this. Oh, now. yeah. Like definitely. in church, and even six, 16, 17 year olds have to deal with this when they yeah. go to public school. Well, yeah, and it's becoming more and more prevalent now. You uh-huh. know? So that's why I think it's so important for us to be having these conversations. Yeah, and like I think youth pastors actually need to talk yes. about hey, yes. what do we do when your friend says they're gay or when your friend said they struggle with this? What do we do? Uh, so, our last person then, and this will be, I guess we'll close it out. Uh, is uh, Campos, who the, the ugly duckling? So Campos was the guy. Um, I don't. He didn't know I struggled with this, but I remember working a valet shift, and for whatever reason, he was trying to he was trying to nut tap me or something. Sack tap. Sack is that what that called? Sack tap. They call it in middle school. Yeah. Uh, I say nut tap. Yeah. Look, in my defense, you get really bored at ballet. Okay, yeah. Well, hold on. Do you have to preface that like? On the soccer team, like that's just yeah. something we did all the time. Like yeah, they touch each other's sound... nuts a lot. So not okay, touch. We don't you touch, can't each say touch. Sorry, like, you guys tap. Just like messing around with each yeah. other, like You'll not in the... a like attractive way, but like just I don't know, being vulnerable and like I don't know. That's yeah. just kind of the culture We're, that we, we can have talk about that in, in touch could, when we talk about whole, touch. That could be yeah. a whole. We'll talk about no. Actually, I, I'm going to I'm going to bring that up. All that all that to say, Campos. Was being a vampire towards me. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pursuing, but anyway, so pursuing so, his ding dong. So that happened at the valet shift. That was the first time I really spent time with Richard, and we were uh-huh. talking all this stuff, and that happened. 
And, uh, and later you didn't on, know about me. No, at I, that didn't, time. I didn't know yeah. about Richard about that time. At that time, so I get home, and we're talking, and uh, one of the guys was like, "Oh yeah, Campos was doing was kept hitting Richard or whatever." And I think Tank turns around and says, "You know Richard's gay or he's whatever word he used." I say he struggles with you know you know you know Richard struggles with homosexuality, right? And I kind of just had this blank look, like ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, me too. And he was like, "No, dude, really," and I was like. No, you're messing with, you know? He's like, no, dude, Richard really struggles with, home, like, same-sex attraction. And I was like, man, I just spent the last three hours trying to hit him in the ball. <laughs> and I was just, like, super, like, oh, man, this is so awkward. Like, <laughs> And I think at one point during the validation, I was like, what would you do if I just, like, grabbed your, or, like, I don't know. Yeah, I remember that. I don't, I remember that question. I remember saying, like, I, I asked him something along the lines of, like, what would you do if I just went up to you and grabbed your... Yeah. Why did I come? Oh, because you guys were all doing that to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, obviously, I didn't know Richard, so I mean, it's kind of weird that on the first ship, I don't know, whatever. But that was my first uh, interaction with Richard. So yeah. once Tank told me, I don't think I've ever had like a like a time where you told me oh, like you struggled with it. Oh, never. It. I think, and I think that's why it's been different for me because I got to like almost brace myself. Oh, for the conversations. Okay. I got to like. I got to think about it beforehand and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, and I, I was pretty, I'm pretty open about it, so it's not like yeah. it's something that I hide. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I don't know how it eventually happened, but I f- knew that you struggled with same-sex attraction, and then you knew I knew, and I think from that point, we just kind of... Is it the camping trip that we talked about this? No, it was before no? that. Oh, yeah, I don't remember either. Because even on the Damn. way to the camping trip, you just kind of already at that point assumed, you, we had talked about different things, and you'd assumed that I knew or something. Oh, okay. That brings up another funny story. I have a friend named Stevie... Uh, Stevie York, I, w- I once went to his roommate, I was talking to his roommate about this, and I shared with his roommate about my life, and Stevie was just up in his bed, like, awake, but hiding, not, and I didn't even know that he was there the whole time, so I'm, like, spilling my life story to this guy, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, I'm spilling my life story to this guy, my friend Stevie's up there just hearing everything, so that was funny, because when I, when I met with Stevie, I, I was like, hey, Stevie, I struggle with this, and he already knew because he was yeah. up in his bed hiding, so that was just really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the random story. Yeah. But with all that to say, I think uh, I think Jeremy uh, Tank and I have met Richard at different points of his life, even in our life as well. Stages. Different stages of his life, and I think I've um, in mine I got to I got the Richard that had already kind of conquered his certain aspects of that. Um, you were already into the four T's. You were already mm-hmm. into a lot of different things, and you had gotten a lot of answers that you'd been looking for. Um, so I think I got the more gentle uh, approach from you towards that. I didn't. Really, I wasn't crazy. Need. Yeah, you didn't. You weren't in big need or anything like that, which uh, was a little bit easier for me even then. So I got to brace myself. I got to prepare my my mind at least. Like, oh, I'm gonna receive this kind of conversation. And then uh, during the, our trip to Zion, uh, was it last winter? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things came up and just different conversations and stuff like that. Well, well I think uh, the last thing I want to say is at least um, what I thought of you is. Richard lives in his own world, and I have a different world. I think the straight world is one world, uh, okay. and I think the the homosexual world is another world. So I always thought, oh, Richard struggled with this, and even though we talked about it at first, I was like, that's his world. Mm-hmm. I don't see any of this kind of like, I don't interact with people who struggle with same-sex attraction, I don't struggle with people, or I don't deal with any of that, really. So it's kind of like, oh, this is Richard's world, it's his friends, it's his whatever, and I'm over here. And I was at the point where like I could listen, I could have these conversations and like, intellectually like engage in them without engaging them in real life you know what i mean yeah so even i think to that point i think that's where i'm at now too um, okay yeah and i, I you, think you can separate the conversations with about homosexuality to like your oh, everyday yeah. life 
and that that would be a good way to end this. I I'm I'm doing this doing this whole four T's and podcasts and all that because I want I do want to combine the I want to combine those worlds. I do think that is true most of the time still. Yeah. Um, but I want men to realize like no, you do have friends and cousins and brothers who are attracted to the same sex. So what do we what do and how about many? that? Huh? One in how many? Percentage. Like, oh, probably. Uh, out of how many? You know the thing you say all the time. One out of so many, so many people. I, I read about. Oh yeah, yeah. was it thirty? Something like one that. One out of thirty-three. I think. There was a stat I read where uh, I'll look it up. That seems a lot less than I would expect. Yeah, it was one of the conversations we had was how you don't think there's that many people, yeah. and I keep telling you like, no, I think there's a lot. Yeah. Um, because they hide. And there's, and there's even more who won't say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, I, I yeah, I want to combine those worlds because I think. We, we live in the same world. It just, I guess we don't know how to, we're, we're trying to learn how to interact with each other. So anyways, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, let me know. Uh, this is the very first time we've done this. So sorry for any unprofessional. And we hope to keep them a little bit more tight for. Yeah, we're supposed to do the this. Intro. In th- it was just the intro, so it was always going to run a little bit longer. I guess. So we're supposed to do this in 30 minutes, but I guess that didn't work out. Time flies when you're having fun. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have a good day. Bye. 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 Stop.